Ontario. AM570 in LA Sports Icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Peterson. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Rodney Peterson. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on AM570LASports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. As we continue on, Fred Rogan, Rodney Pete at AM570 LA Sports. Okay. You didn't get them last hour. That's okay. You still have time. Two sets of tickets to see the Dodgers and Braves tonight at the stadium. You'll sit in the AM570 suite. It does include food. I don't know what kind of food, but there will be food there for you. We will feed you. We're giving away two sets of tickets this hour. We'll bust breaks. Stay with us. We'd love to see you out at the stadium tonight. Uh, also later on this hour, Rajon Rondo of the Lakers. <laughs> of the Lakers. Rajon Rondo. I can't believe I just said of the Lakers. He is of the Lakers. But What's your problem against Rondo, Fred? I want to know right now. I want to know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My problem is Is it yeah. just an ageism thing, Fred? Oh, it has nothing. Let me tell you this. It has absolutely nothing to do with his age. Nothing to do with his age. Not one nothing. thing. Mm-mm. No. No. I just don't like okay. him. You don't like him? Mm-mm. You know did why? Did you like him in the bubble? Not really. You want to know why? Can you acknowledge what he did in the bubble? I can acknowledge it. You want to know why I don't like him? Why? I'll tell you why if you really want to know. I want to know! I'll tell you. Uh, He did something at one point to one of my friends and uh, in his career. And uh, he hurt somebody very badly. And I I can't look past that. I'm sorry. That's just me. He said something to somebody. And uh, I can't get past it. And I won't get past it. He said something to one of your friends. Mm-hmm, a friend of mine. In a personal situation. No, that during a game that people during overheard. That people overheard. One of the referees. Your referee friend. Mm-hmm. And he said it loud enough. He said it loud enough uh, for other people to hear at the game. And... Uh, it was cruel, and it was mean-spirited, and uh, I cannot overlook that. I'm sorry. He hurt one of my friends, and I, I will not. Who, who happened to be a referee? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, Kevin, that, well, can we check and see if Fred was any friend, has any friends in the NFL refereeing? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm tell there you might be what. something that Rodney I'm tell said. you what. We may not have a show after he <laughs> talks to some of the folks that I said some stuff to in the NFL, along with some of the other people that I know. Good Lord. But I can assure you of this. Whatever you said in the NFL, or whatever any of your teammates or friends, or players on the other team said to any of the officials, it wasn't this. It wasn't I this. Know. I don't know. There's some pretty bad stuff going on. Okay. Well, you know what? I think this pretty much trumps it. And people overheard it. Rondo was suspended for it. It happened with one of my friends, a guy I've known. Geez, how long have I known him? 40 years? I he was thrown out of the game? No. No. He was not. And it, and the referee did the right thing. You want me to tell you the story? Well, Fred, you can't, you know. Come on, Fred. I'm a, I'm a grown man. Either we're going to do this or we're not going to do this, Fred. Huh? <laughs> All right. 
Anyway, that's why. <laughs> you teasing, Fred. That's what I'm saying. You teasing. All right, you want it later? Let's bring Ned on. Let's do Ned. Then I'll tell you later. I'll, yeah. I, you know what? I've never told the story on the air, ever. But it was public knowledge. So then I'll just tell it. I'll do it later. Yeah, maybe okay? we'll discuss it off the air before you tell it on the air. Fred. Maybe we should. <laughs> Actually, this is one of those that maybe we should. Yeah, Kevin. Yeah. Uh-huh. See? Oh, yeah. I've had this conversation yeah. with Fred off the air. So, yeah. I'm aware of it. Yeah. Okay, good. You think we should tell I'm not, him a, I'm not aware. No. I'm not aware of it. You need you need some other ears to hear before you you know. Well, there were probably not... uh, not, that's why I feel the way I do. Done. I said it. I shouldn't have even okay. said that. But that's no, why. Too late, Fred. Well, fine. You know what? You don't say that to my friend. It's like you can't unsee something, you can't unhear something. You just tease something that we cannot unhear anymore. Okay. You know so what? Now, 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 people are patiently waiting. Maybe you can give us a G-rated version after we talk off air. Oh, we'll do it in the next break. We'll talk. <laughs> Let's bring in our buddy Ned Coletti. You know what? Sometimes I think Ned's going to say things that'll get us in trouble. So I'm not really sure. Hello, Ned. Come on now, you really, you don't really believe that, do you? What does that What does that mean? <laughs> what does that, that even mean? All right, can I tell you Jeez. something? No, All no. we're doing is talking baseball, aren't we? Oh my can, goodness! Can I tell you something? To be honest with you, I've heard a few of Ned's stories. That he can't tell on the air. Now, to be fair, they are hilarious. They are hilarious. And Ned, if we're also to be really honest with each other, I did try to convince you to tell one of them on the air. Is that fair? Oh, that's accurate. Yes, but I, <laughs> I, I knew better. Right, but but you know, Ned better. got Ned like most people has stories upon stories upon stories. There are some that you keep in the vault. There are some that you only tell in certain company. There's certain ones that you never tell on air. And what you're saying is you're nervous because you think Ned will pick from the wrong batch and say something on air. That's not Ned. No, what I'm saying well, is Ned made a major mistake. And, Ned, I just have to call you out on it, okay? And I <laughs> hope you can accept it as a man. <laughs> well, it's, been a, it's been a rough show. <laughs> oh, my the, the mistake you made, Ned... Was with, telling Fred. Was telling that was me that mistake. story. Because <laughs> I'll be honest, I've told other people that story now. <laughs> well, we're, we're coming up on the anniversary of it. I know that. <laughs> Probably about a week away for the anniversary of it. But, oh, God, it was Hey, funny. one of these days, you know? Yeah, well, when we do... you start doing shows from midnight to 4 a.m., I'll, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll have some material for <laughs> Oh, God. All right, Ned. Hey, they picked up a game. You see, sometimes things do work out. Oh, wait, Ned. No, no, no. We can't start. Ned, we came on, Ned. And, <laughs> and Fred Fred was, Fred was. oh, it's feast of famine with the Dodgers. Oh, boy. They almost blew it again. They all had your hearts in your throats. And instead of starting out, they hey, had four home runs. Hey, they had good outings. Hey, they had this, they had that. He starts with the negative stuff. Dad, what is he in, Philly? <laughs> I didn't really do that. Well, <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, boy, I tell you. Well, Fred, anyway, you know what? They're okay. You know, they're sitting <laughs> a game and a half back. They got yeah. momentum. San Francisco is kind of teetering a little bit. We know what's coming up the weekend. And, hey, time will tell, and time is on their side. I've been saying it all year. I hear that, Fred? No, I you hear it. That? hear it? I'm not. That's I, not kind of how you say it. They're a game and a half back. They got the Giants. I'd rather be the Dodgers right now than the Giants. Yeah, Talk you, about it, man. You know what I'm saying? And Fred's sitting there going huh. bummer. 
Incredibly oh, close. Lost it. They almost lost. They almost blew it yesterday. That's not what I said. That's not what I said. But Ned, to be fair, I mean, you know, they hit early and they did. They they brought out their hitting sticks early, and fortunately, that's all they needed. And after what happened against Colorado, just thank God they hit the ball. Right. Well, you know, the offense did struggle, no doubt, seven runs against the Rockies. But, again, you're going to have those periods of time. That, that, that's why baseball is unique to almost every other sport. The season is so long. So many different things happen. And you're going to go through a lot of ups and downs. And how do you come back from the, the little down periods of time? That, that's really the key to it. You know, the game is laid out perfectly. The 90-foot bases, you always got the close plays. The length of a season, you can't just play five. You got to play six months, and it's you know it's it's made it's made for the the relentless approach of sustained excellence that's going to take a break once in a while, but over the course of time prevails, and that's why they're going to win. And then were you uh, surprised as as Fred was that uh, Dave Roberts said publicly Cody's going to platoon? They're going to, you know, find a kind of a different situation, scenario for him. Now, internally, I'm sure they had that conversation, but public, he said it out loud. Are you surprised? Yeah, well, I, you know, people are going to ask. So, you know, they, they yeah. Robert scanned it with people. So, you know, he, he said it. You, you got four outstanding outfielders. And you've got Trey, uh, Trey Turner playing in a position who's an outstanding player, one of the top players in the game taking away some time from Chris Taylor in the infield. And so I think that's why you saw Chris Taylor playing a little bit third base, trying to find other ways to keep him in the lineup because you've already got four four great outfielders. And, yeah, Cody's had a rough year. Cody is the only left-handed hitter of the crew that's an everyday guy. So, yeah, it's probably going to be some platoon. But if he's platooning, that means somebody else is platooning just as well. So there's plenty of playing time for everybody, and I still believe Cody's going to have some huge hits. The average is what it is. The home runs, the RBIs are what they are. But there's going to be some huge hits coming. I, every time I see him at the plate, yeah, you can see struggle. You can see different things that I, you, know, you hope that he can correct. But the the end result is if somebody makes a mistake to him, he's going to make them pay. And and that will come to fruition. Plus the defense is excellent, and so is the, uh, the base running. So you've got you've got a lot of good things. There's a lot of teams that take Cody Bellinger right now, almost all of them, if not all of them. So platoon is fine. It's, it's about winning games at this stage. Ned, we had Max Scherzer on yesterday. By the way, he was terrific. Uh, and we asked him about the fact that he's not going to pitch against the Giants because of the rotation and the way they've set it up. He pointed out, well, what they're trying to do is manage uh, Julio's innings. But uh, when you're playing a series, as big as that series against the Giants – wouldn't you want to see Max Scherzer out there one way or another? You know what? Yes and no. Look, no taking away from Max Scherzer. He's, he is one of the best pitchers of this generation. But you've got David Price against Di Scalfani in the first game. Dodgers have handled Di Scalfani pretty well. Dodgers have, uh, Di Scalfani's also struggled lately. So it's, it's a game you know, you're going to have to win. Some games you're going to have to win without without your, your Buellers or without your Uriuses or without your Scherzers. We've won a lot of games without Clayton. So the way it sets up, you've got to look. While you look at today and you look at short-term being, okay, the next, the next few games, you also look long-term. This organization always looks at a seventh-month season, not a six-month season. They look at a seventh-month season. 
So I, I really don't have much problem with it. I think you're going to have to win those games. You're going to pitch Scherzer against Atlanta on Wednesday, against Max Fried, good good pitcher. You're going to that's a that to me is a better matchup as far as strength for strength than Price and and De Scalfani. I think that's just a game you're going to have to figure out how to win the, the first San Francisco game. But the game against the Braves, they're going to you know they're going to count that in the standings too. Beating beating Max Fried for Scherzer on Wednesday. It's still a big deal. That that is still a game that they're they're going to count that game. So you know it, it still makes sense. Yeah, and you mentioned Kershaw, Ned. How, how do you how do you utilize him when he comes back? Well, it really depends on on when he comes back. Uh, he's been throwing off the mound a little bit. I, I think live hitters are, are in the in the forecast here, and then probably a a sim game of some sort to to kind of build up his arm strength and, and the crispness of his pitches. Um, you know that that takes time. You, you can you can throw every day, but you can't throw with effort and with with pitchability, so to speak, every, every day. So it's still going to be a little bit of a process, I think, until you see him throw in a sim game or at uh, live hitters uh, to a you know more than one or two guys in a live hitting situation, almost bordering on a sim game. I think you're, you're still waiting four or five days after that, and I think if he's up to sixty pitches. 70 pitches, and hey, that's that's what you're going to get at the outset. Three or four innings, perhaps. But every time he goes out there, if he can stay healthy, then you've got next time, hey, you're going to increase another 15 or 20. Next time again, you're going to increase another 15 or 20. Without any setbacks, if you if you if you can play it in that in that kind of time frame, by the time you get to the end of September, you're, you're going to have somebody that's probably stretched out to, to seven innings, which is all you're going to need at that point in time. So, you know, I think it's a process, and you're just going to have to pay attention to it and, and not rush it. And, you know, I've known Clayton since he was 18. You know, he's he does want to get out there. So, you know, there's going to be those conversations, most likely the same ones I used to have, where, you know, you know he's, he's um, maybe understating pain or understating severity because of his competitive nature. And uh, you just have to play it by ear and see what you see and 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 hear what you hear from him as far as where he's at and where the training staff thinks he's at. Now, the floodgates are about to open. Rosters are about to expand. Uh, you know, if you've got a 12-game lead, you bring these guys up and uh, some of them see some time, give the starters a blow before the playoffs. But given where the Dodgers are right now, as the floodgates open and we have more people in the dugout, uh, how many uh, of these guys that are coming up are actually going to play, in your opinion? Well, there's only going to be two additions. You're going to go from 26 to 28, and you got Tony Gonsolin getting close to coming back. You just sent Matt Beatty down. We just talked about Clayton. Uh, you got Lux. Danny Duffy still out there. So, you know, it's you're going to everybody they have will play. But again, it's not going to be the unlimited roster of 40 that's going to be up there. You're going to have you know you'll have 28 that you can dress. So that'll be that'll kind of relegate a little bit of, of what we've seen in the past. The teams with in smaller markets that didn't want to be calling up five or six or ten guys or 12 guys or 15 guys, they're the ones that have been pushing for this for a long, long time, probably 15 years. And when you think about it, baseball is the only sport that you, you would have 40 people eligible on a lineup card one day, and the other team would have 26, 27 eligible on the lineup card one day. So as you get down the stretch, it was the only sport I could ever think of that had 
the ability to have far more players available to them than the other team. So this keeps it uniform. You're at 28, and it does make a lot of sense. Big market teams, teams with, with good payrolls and a lot of prospects uh, will not have as much access as, as the teams that are you know, trying to save a nickel here and there and, and don't have enough players to play anyway. So the middle market teams, it all came down to money, right? Oh, yeah. Money and you know and you know a team like the Dodgers. I mean, they'd love to give their prospects time, especially if they had a, a bit of a lead or even put them in games that are either one sided or games that have meaning right now. But the teams that have lower payrolls, you know, I would be in meetings all the time where they say, you know, these teams over here, they point at us and say they could have thirty five guys, forty guys on there eligible to play that day. They could play matchup baseball all day long. You know, we're going to have twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine. That's all we can afford to do. And, Candidly, that's all the prospects that they had. So, you know, you have this unbalance. If you, you know, it's, think about, you know, basketball or, or football or teams like that. You know, when you get down to uh, the, the month of December or the month of, of uh, April in, in the NBA, and teams were able to have four or five more players, they don't yeah. have the same development system. So it's an it's a apples and oranges comparison a bit. But, you know, you, the Dodgers had 40 people on their roster from time to time in the last couple of years. They were playing teams that nobody else probably had 40. Yeah. No, that's a, certainly an advantage. Ned, what what concerns you down the stretch for the Dodgers? It feels like they, guys are getting healthy. Guys are getting back into a rhythm. Um, you know, obviously, aside from, from, from maybe Cody and then getting some guys like you mentioned, Gonsolin coming back. What, what concerns you for the Dodgers? If you're a Dodger fan, what concerns you about this team going forward? Well, I think the the bullpen has eased most of my concerns, and I was somebody that thought about the bullpen daily. Uh, bullpen has been excellent. I think I mentioned it last week. They have six, seven pitchers right now that you could pitch from the seventh inning on and feel comfortable with. I don't know another team that's got that. The starting pitching, you've got the big three, which have been terrific. We got Julio's won more games than anybody else. Fifteen wins now. We know Walker, big game guy. Scherzer older than Walker, but really kind of the same type of approach. You've got three of the best. Might be the best three going. I think David Price uh, is a is a fourth, fifth guy right now. He's been giving you four or five innings. You've got Clayton still working his way to it, and you've got a bullpen game every so often. You cannot lose one of those top three. And it'd be helpful to get Clayton back or get Danny Duffy back, although he's going to be a, in the build-up situation uh, vis-a-vis Clayton, probably even behind Clayton. Uh, it's important that you that you have enough starting pitching to last because the, the series come quick, and and you've got to have guys that can you need a fourth starter from time to time. Can you win that game? Can you outscore the other team's fourth starter? Good possibility with the way the club is constructed that you'll be able to just beat somebody by a higher score. But you can, I don't think you can afford to lose any one of those big three because you don't want to take that down to two, and then have to have to battle in a postseason with with just the two. That's probably my biggest concern. You've got a ton of offense. You've got a lot of maneuverability. A lot of guys can play different positions, hit in different orders. As guys go hot and cold, and most of them stay hot for a while, you know, you can mix and match that and be successful with it. But it's really your starting pitching that sets the tone, and, and you've got to have enough of it. And, and right now they've got three of the best. They can't have two of the best. They need three of the best, and that's what they've got. So I think that's probably my, my number one concern. Bullpen has been outstanding. And that, to me, you cannot win without pitching, but you really cannot win without a good bullpen, a deep bullpen. Very, very few teams in the history of the sport 
have been successful in the playoffs with a bullpen that's kind of cobbled together with guys that cannot necessarily make a pitch when you've got to make a pitch. And they've got about seven guys that can pitch those last three innings that they can all make a pitch. Now I'll tell you one thing. You bring the heat every time you come on. Well, I don't know. <laughs> well, the only thing I know is I better be able to talk about this. <laughs> Ned, is always a pleasure. Thanks for jumping on today. All right, guys. Be well, and I uh, hope everything works out there, Fred, with that story. I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm getting off the air right yeah, now. I'll talk yeah, to you later. Man. Thanks for leaving me, Ned. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, Rodney, later this hour, we'll hear from Rajon Rondo, uh, making his first statement since rejoining the Lakers. Up next, I don't know if you saw this or not. I saw it in the past, what, Kevin, hour? Yeah, yeah. hour, hour and a half or so. Okay. Uh now we have kind of a blueprint of what may happen to Trevor Bauer. So we'll go over that next. That's right. Rodney P. Fred Rogan on a Tuesday. Feeling good, Freddy. I'll tell you who's feeling really good. Kirk in East L.A. You there, Kirk? Yes, I am. You're going to the game tonight. How's that sound? Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yep. Love you, Rodney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're hooking you up with sweet tickets. You'll see the Dodgers in Atlanta. You'll get preferred VIP parking. Uh, you can catch every play of every game. Oh, and it comes with food. Catch every play of every game on AM570 LA Sports and at HD and the free iHeartRadio app. Details at AM570 LA Sports.com. So here's the deal, Kirk. Get a pal. You're going to the game. Get there on time, okay? All right. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right. Hang got tight. It. Congratulations. Hang tight. Uh, also, we've got another pair of tickets to give away this hour. Obviously, we'll bust the next break. So if you didn't win this time, do not go anywhere. All right, Rodney. So Jeff Passan has just done a, a piece. And really, uh, his reporting is impeccable here. He he explains and lays it out, uh, to be fair, uh, in a more detailed way than we have about Trevor Bauer. We've always believed that, A, uh, Major League Baseball investigation will have nothing to do with whether or not the Pasadena or the, uh, the district's attorney's office files charges against Trevor Bauer. Has nothing to do with it. Uh, two, we have believed that Trevor Bauer will not pitch for the Dodgers again this season. Three, we uh, have questioned whether Trevor Bauer will ever pitch again in Major League Baseball. Now, he has detailed everything and done a terrific job. And uh, the truth of the matter is, we are accurate on all counts. His reporting, you know, has supported what, you know, we have uh, believed to be true. Here's your bottom line. Don't know if the uh, district attorney will file charges. Doesn't mean anything when it comes to MLB. They're a private business. They live by their own code of rules. They have specific language in for domestic violence, domestic abuse. That's what they will base everything on. If, in fact he is charged, then it might actually slow down the MLB investigation. The sense here is that he's going to be suspended, regardless of what the DA does, for at least a year, at least a year. year from now or the completing this year? This year, he's done. You're not yeah. going to see him this year. So that would mean... When does a year start? Uh I mean, technically, he's not suspended yet, so a right. year would be the equivalent of, I think, just 162 games. Correct. And we've seen a year-long suspension begin mid-season for guys in the past. Right. So. Right. So, uh, 
you know, if the Dodgers... But since he's been put on temporary leave, would they argue that that's part of his... his no, his you position? can't because he's getting paid. Because he's getting paid. Yeah. Right. Right. So, uh, and they, of course, uh, extended that leave till September 3rd. They may extend it again. Mm-hmm. My sense they here... probably will. Yeah. My sense here is they will extend it through this season. So he got paid. Then they will make a determination. And if they believe, and, and the sense is that they will suspend him for a year and maybe two. Then that comes down to this. If they suspend him for a year, can he appeal? The answer is yes. Has anyone ever appealed something like this? The answer is no. The answer is no. If he appeals, then it's going to be more convoluted. Then they have to go to arbitration. All right. So now let's say they suspend him for a year, one season, 162 games. Then what happens? Well, then he comes back. Now it's up to the Dodgers. What are you going to do? What is your decision going to be? Now, in his deal, he signed with the ability. You would have one year left with the Dodgers then, right? Right. But in his deal, he has the ability to opt out every year. If he's suspended a year, you have to believe the suspension is up. He's going to opt in for that final year. Uh, then what do the Dodgers do? Well, they can pay him off and say goodbye. They can do that. Let's say they do that. Let's say they pay him. I think it's $32 million the way the deal is structured in the final year. 32 or $35 million. All right. Let's say they pay him off. They do not say, okay, now you have violated our code of conduct and we're not going to pay you. Let's say they decide to pay him. Okay? He's gone. The The question then became, is he going to pitch again in Major League Baseball? From the observers that Jeff Passan talked to, the executives around the game, the sense is no. Because then somebody has to take a leap of faith and think they can trot him back out there to pitch. So the feeling would be no team. And there'd be no, no statute that you couldn't sign him. There'd be no collusion. It would be up to every team to make a decision on whether or not, you know, the risk is as great as the reward here. If we run them out there, but we win the World Series, is that does that make it okay if we make that choice? So they're not going to prohibit him from playing, but will a team sign him? At least at this time, and in the article it pointed out, maybe we're all prisoners of the moment, but at this time, the sense is no. They would not sign him. So that's where it's at right now. And it's for the very reason that you have brought up, that I have stated, you simply can't unsee what you saw. You can't. Do they believe he would be the first player, the first player to appeal something like this, to fight to the very end? Yes. In the article, talking about his demeanor, his personality, how he's conducted himself on social media, his interactions, yes, they do believe that he would appeal. And this could be, as the piece points out, very ugly. Which is why it probably will suspend him for the rest rest of the season and let it happen in terms of the full time or or just what what are they tech what's the technical term that he's he's serving right now leave. administrative leave for the rest of the season so they can deal with this in the off season so they can make a decision in December saying we have suspended Trevor Bauer for a, a year correct and instead of doing it right at the, right now where you're gonna be it's gonna be controversy and distraction for the rest of the season and into the playoffs. They don't want that. Dodgers certainly don't want it, but certainly Major League Baseball does not want that appeal 
to start because they just suspended him. And now he's fighting back right in the middle of the playoffs. And if you are the Dodgers and you want off of him, it will behoove you for them to give him paid administrative leave, just pay him through the rest of the year. And if it is a two-year suspension, you don't have to worry about paying him another cent because his contract would have run out at that point. Correct. You're absolutely right. That's where it is right now. But it speaks to something that we we um, had speculated on. Yeah, I don't think you'll ever see him pitch. In yeah, and don't think again. for a second. Look. It's not legal, but don't think for a second every team, every owner, every exec is not having a conversation with each other. We are not touching this guy. We're not touching this guy. Just like they do with anybody else. What do you think? What kind of guy is this guy before we sign him? We may not talk owner to owner, but GM to owner, owner to scout, owner to somebody that knows somebody, they're talking. And there was, a, am sure, a consensus of, I'd be shocked if he plays again, and and I, I and and that would be call it collusion. It doesn't, you know, it's an ugly word, but it happens. Look it at happens. Ray Rice. Ray Rice was Ray on Rice. the back end of his prime. Colin, vi- Ka- Colin Kaepernick, right? Actually, won a case. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Ray Rice. You couldn't see the elevator. Cannot see it. He he could never come back from that, in terms of the NFL's eyes especially with all the issues that the NFL has had over the years. They can't, he could not. So it was a concerted effort, I'm sure. But it, this, this, will, this feels like it'll be the same thing. Like, we're not, we're not going to come out and say it, but he, he's, no team is going to sign him. All right, well, let's say, let's say everybody works independently, okay? Let's say you own a team. He's available. And you believe, and I think the only way anybody would even consider it if, the possibility of it is if you're one guy away, he's the guy. If you believe that. You want a team. Independently of everybody else, would you sign him? Me? You. You own the if team. If I own the team? Probably not. It would probably go into the life's too short category. Right? Because if I own the team, if I owned the team, I would have. I would be. I would not be the. I would be a. I would not be a Frank McCord owner. I would be more a Mark Walters, Guggenheim, Magic Johnson owner. In that, um, I'm not scrapping for every dollar, and I'm not trying to. You know, I got to put butts in the seats to win it. I, I no, because the backlash is going to be worse than than any kind of achievement that you got. I wouldn't is, sign was him. it was it worth it for the is it worth it for the Houston Astros to have to deal with their their championship for the rest of their life they're going to look at as that they cheated that championship they got right was it worth worth it for them to cheat uh no it was not well I guess you'd have to ask them but in this scenario in this scenario um this is violence this is domestic abuse and uh I don't want that guy with that character on my team. You know, and maybe and, and maybe so, you look so, at me and so go, what well, if what he are comes you? Out, what the if judge he does come out after this is all over with and he talks about it and he said, listen, this is this is the lifestyle that I've chosen and it's two consenting adults as the courts have found that it's two consenting adults doing consenting things. Um, what I do in my privacy of my own home should stay in the privacy of my own home. And why are you holding that against me? By the acknowledgement of both, uh, that's fine. You do what you want. 
I just don't want a guy who is capable of choking someone out and punching them when they're unconscious. Sorry. I get to make that choice. It's my business. I'm not saying that there may not be people that enjoy that type of thing. If you do, you do. I don't want that person working for me. Sorry. Not going to happen. I don't want that person working for me with people knowing that person is like that in a business where people come to pay as we make a living. They pay to come see us. I don't think they're going to react well to that. Maybe there will be a faction of people that will. But I don't think the majority of people are going to react well to that. So what you're saying is, is you're bad anything, for goes, anything goes as long as it doesn't get out in the public. If I don't know about it, how do I know what happened? Right. What I'm saying is you're bad for business. I'm running a business and you're bad for business. We can't have you. My business is customers coming in to watch what we do. If they're not going to pay to see you, and if they're going to be offended by you being here, that's bad for my business. And potentially bad, too. Also, in the article Passon wrote, he got this from the Washington Post. Remember the other woman yeah. who tried to file against him? And this is on record. Trevor Bauer texted her saying, quote, I don't feel like spending time in jail for killing someone. That's what would happen if I saw you again. The fact that it could escalate to a point where that might happen, whether it was an accident or not, and you'd have somebody like that on your payroll that you would have to end up answering for. Is this the same woman that that, that was not disclosed before he signed with the the Dodgers? Yes. Same situation. Yes, it right? is. Yes. That was that that whole restraining order that he had before was not disclosed. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's documented. So that's okay. Cancel Christmas. <laughs> Cancel Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> that's like walking through an airport, friends. I'm gonna blow this mother up. Yeah. <laughs> you think You're that's done. fun? Hey, you think that's funny? Yeah. Maybe you won't when there are 20 guys diving on you immediately. Exactly. Not so funny now. Not so funny. All right, we'll hear from Rajon Rondo next. Hey, Lisa Fox here. When not getting benched or thrown out of a game, they're on the radio with you. You're listening to Rogan and Rodney on AM570 LA Sports. I'm so tired. Yeah, all I need is good vibes. Stay right on this side. Rodney P. Fred Rogan. Fred, you on one today, Fred. Am I? Your knee must be feeling better. Oh, my knee feels great. I went to the doctor this morning. Nice. Had my checkup this morning. Nice. Yeah. All good? Yeah, he goes, uh, let, let me see uh, your mobility. I put my legs behind my head. Started rolling around like a ball. <laughs> I don't want to hear all that. Yeah, too much. No, yeah. it's great, actually. It looks great. I'm good. I'm moving good, around good. fine. Friday, I'm going to walk to work again. Now, see, that's the problem with you, Fred. You want to go too fast. Well, that's what he said. You want you want to go too fast. You want to do too much too soon. That's how you have setbacks, Freddie. Don't get too over anxious. Uh, you know what? I'll walk slowly. Okay. But I told him I'm walking. That's it. I'm back on it. And if I can get here on uh, on Friday, I'm going to start walking every day. You're not walking that slowly, Fred. What do you mean? I mean, first of all, you have a very brisk walk just in general. Yeah. And I noticed right after the surgery, uh, nothing changed. <laughs> might be telling a little white lie to your uh to your to your people over there saying like oh i'm walking slowly yeah i saw well, afraid hit a front hit a front flip in the hallway earlier yeah well, I'm, I'm walking friday that's my plan you think you tried to jump off the stage at, in santa monica a couple weeks ago do we need to go into that <laughs> that was ill-advised yeah i'm the first one to say that probably made no sense people were coming up they were very nice 
They wanted to talk to us. They wanted to take pictures. And I thought, oh, you're standing right here. I'll just jump down. Okay. Now, getting back up was a bit of an issue where Internet Matt and David Howard had to pull me back on the stage. After that, the second time I did it, I said, I'm just going to take the steps on the other side. That was probably a bit ill-advised, but I learned. I'm not going to be jumping anymore, Kevin. Good. All right. Ryan and La Mirada, you there? Yeah. You fascinated by my story? Uh, extremely. It sounds really good. Okay. While I'm driving. All right. First of all, you don't care. But second of all, <laughs> second of all, you're going to the game tonight, Ryan. How yeah. about that? Hey, that's great. I love it. Can't wait to go. All right. You're going to sit in the suite. We'll have food. The whole deal. You can take a pal. Get there on time. Enjoy every second of it. Dodgers and Braves tonight in the AM570 LA Sports Suite. And don't forget, you can catch every play of every game right here on the radio at an HD and the free iHeartRadio app. So have a good time, and thank you for listening to the show. All right, thanks a lot, guys. Take care. All right, Ryan, be good. Uh, okay, Rodney, so, uh, yep. The name game. Lakers got their guy. Uh, not exactly a youth movement here. But uh, Rajon Rondo has signed. He is back. And he was asked about naysayers saying the Lakers are old. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the naysayers saying about our ages being a problem. But obviously, you don't have longevity in this league without having discipline. You know, and so many guys, I just got done talking to Trevor. He's in for 17, you know, Dwight 18, Brian 18. So we have the guys that have had the mileage, but at the same time, there's a reason uh, they're still playing this league at this level for so many years. So I'm not worried about anything or the spectators saying that age makes a difference. Uh, I think the mind is uh, going to be a big key in why we win this year. So why is he here? Seriously, what is he doing here? Well, yesterday, Bill Plasky talked about the fact, and he wrote the column, Rodney, that we talked about, that uh, the loss of Jared Dudley meant more than most people think. And that Jared Dudley, who didn't play, really coordinated the locker room, sat in meetings. He was in the meeting where they talked with Russell Westbrook, and uh, LeBron was pretty upset. So LeBron wanted somebody in there that was a veteran that he got along with that he knew uh, what he could expect. And that's why Rajon Rondo is here. He was then asked about uh, not being a factor with the Clippers last season and his role with the Lakers this year. Um, yeah, like I said, you know, it hasn't been 10 years. Uh, I don't think I've changed much. I don't think my game has declined. But, you know, you're not as good as you know, your coach believes in you. And uh, going forward this year, looking at the Lakers team and the roster, understanding where I am in my career, but at the same time, uh, I do believe I can still bring a lot to the game. And But my main focus is, is we win, you know, nothing else matters. Okay. What do you think about what he said? I I, I agree. I, first of all, I didn't, I didn't realize they had six of the 11th oldest players in the league. They got six of them. Um, that's a lot, Fred. Uh, but, but no, I, I think that it – Look, the question is, is it going to matter in the regular season? Like for you, does it matter the regular season that they they may not be the one seed or two seed or three seed? Does it matter? Does it matter to me? No. Yeah. Mm-mm. As long as they make the playoffs. That's right? all I care about. So with them, because there was a year, remember the year they won it, there was a very, there was a concerted effort for them to be the number one seed in the West. Correct. They played in the Clippers not so much that year. Right. Remember they just kind of cruised and. Lakers were, we're going to be the number one team, number one seed, and they did it and they went on and won the title. I think it's a different approach now. I think it's getting guys enough playing time that they're healthy for the playoffs and they can play in the playoffs. So seeding is not so much of, of a concern. Look, I get it. I was that guy. 
my last couple of years in Carolina, I was that guy. Could have played probably another two or three years in Carolina because I was that guy that not only the coaches went to, other players went came to me, older players said, have a conversation with that guy. You need to have a conversation with so-and-so. You need to have a conversation. Steve Smith was one of them who ended up, you know, will be a Hall of Famer because he, he ended up having a great career with, with Carolina and um, and Baltimore. But he was difficult as a young as a young player, and he was one of those guys that you can just you couldn't just talk to any kind of way. You had to talk to him in a special kind of way to get the most out of him. And that part of my job was that was him, and and some other players. So I get the importance of a Jared Dudley. So LeBron does not always have to be, you know, the principal. It's like he can have a conversation with Jared Dudley. Hey, this is you know so and so. You got to get him doing this. You got it. So it doesn't come from me all the time. And so I'm, I'm sure that's why he welcomed Rondo because Rondo, like him, is going to let people know when they're not doing their job or not in the right position or not performing the way they should be performing. It doesn't always have to come from LeBron. And that's important to have on that team. So when you have those conversations, I actually find this really interesting. Yeah. When you would have those conversations, uh, would they all go well? I mean, did you just develop a rapport with everybody? Yeah. Yeah, I developed a rapport. Just from playing quarterback all my life, I had a rapport with different guys but and knew how to treat different players. Like there are certain, like I've said this before, offensive linemen, receivers, whoever was on my team, even defensive guys that I could yell and scream and cuss out and they would come back and not phase them one bit. And then other guys, you say one bad thing and they're in the tank for the rest of the game. And so you had to know who you could talk to a certain way. And so, yeah, it was uh, – it was developing a rapport with each and every guy and how you went to them and pull them aside and, and, and you're really pumping them up um, because some guys don't react to just someone yelling at them all the time. And you have to find a different way to kind of penetrate that. 